Got another podcast episode for you folks. This one recorded a few months ago in South America, Chile, Iquique to be precise, with none other than the 2017 World Women's Bodyboarding Champion, Joanna Schenker. Uh, Joanna rips. She's got great style in and out of the water, great ambassador for the sport and for the environment. And we talk about all those things in this very cool podcast episode. Enjoy. I have 2017 world champion. Yes, correct. 2017 world champion Joanna Shanker here. We're in Ikike in a fun little uh, cafe, which I now forget the name of. Mahalo. Is it called Mahalo? Yeah, I can see it from there. Oh, cool. Mahalo, good Mahalo, food. Yeah. Good vegetarian food. Pretty good, huh? Mm. Lots of options. Lots of options. It's incredible how in, in Chile there are so many veggie and vegan options. Yeah. I was surprised uh, by that. Because you are a vegetarian or a vegan? A vegetarian. Yeah. I, I would say 95% vegan. Just so what does that mean? It means like I'm vegan at home. I'm mostly vegan, but if I'm traveling or if, I'm, if I go somewhere and I have to yeah. open it, an exception, I yeah. will. Okay. And I will not feel bad about so it. So you'll have a steak? No, 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 no. I'll have a, a piece of cake. Oh, you'll have a piece of cake? Yeah. Because there's eggs in the cake. Exactly. Aha. Uh -huh. Or a slice of pizza with cheese on it. Do you eat, so, but you don't eat fish or anything? Mm -mm. No fish? No fish, uh, no seafood, nothing okay. that moves by itself. Oh, nothing that moves by itself. Is that the criteria? Kind of, yeah. Okay. But no animals. No animals. Yeah. Mm. There we go. There we go. Um, we're in Iquique. We are in Iquique. Yeah. What have we been doing here? Do you want to tell the listener and the viewer well, what we've been doing? We are in the, for the women's, this is the first stop of mm. the, the world tour and mm. this was the first competition. We all gathered here for the bodyboard party, huh? Mm -hmm. yeah. In Punta Dos. Yeah, in it was Punta Dos. Yes. It's a great location. How was the wave? I think it's a great wave. It looks incredible. Like, it's like a really bodyboarding wave. Mm. But it, it also, um, I was surprised how dangerous it was. Mm. Like, I, it doesn't look like it's that gnarly, really. Mm. <laughs> but I've never seen so many people getting injured in a yeah. pump. So it was a. I think it was a challenge because, yeah, I mean, the waves are good, but you have to, that thing you gotta weigh on when you surf it. Mm. And, but I think it was a successful contest, really good. Like, the level was incredible. What were some of the injuries that you saw that were so bad? What's the worst one for you? Well, um, if a yes, cut. Oh, yeah, you yeah. give him the worst one. Because well, Soraya got a pretty bad one. They're pretty even. They're even. But easy as he blacked out in the water. So yeah. yeah. I mean, anyone that hurts, they're all bad. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much everyone. I like competition. Would agree on that. <laughs> yeah. But it's pretty. Uh, but yeah, super challenging wave. Um, how, were you happy with your performance? Um, I was. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was. Uh, especially the first day we competed was like super clean um, conditions. Yeah. And I really felt like I. I because I'm stronger to the right, so I, okay. I kind of was happy that it was a really good right, and yep. I got a good, pretty good scores, and yeah. I won both my heats, so I'm yeah pretty ha happy with that. And mm -hmm. I, I think I kind of chose the waves wisely and intelligently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I'm happy. Then okay. the, the the day I actually got knocked out was, I was not happy with that one. Okay, what did no, you do I wrong? I didn't do like pretty much anything. Um, was really really unsure. Mm. I couldn't really choose any 
because I, 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 I told myself I want to surf this wave like smart. I'm yeah. not gonna just go for it and hurt myself. So then with, that, with those conditions really unsure and yeah. really messy, I couldn't really see which waves were the better I, ones. I had the same problem. So that was like my main problem. I couldn't really yeah. choose those waves. And I was sitting outside a little tiny bit too much yeah. with all this bump from the wind. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You couldn't get into the waves like on time. So that was my problem. Hmm. I had a similar problem when I took off. I just felt in the heat that I was knocked out in. Every time I took off on a wave, I just didn't know what was going to happen. So it was like a a bit of a lottery. Like I felt like I, you know, and if I got a good wave, then then things would happen that were good. But I didn't get any of those ones. The other guys did. So that happens. I think it was a good comp too. No, it was a great comp. Mm. And I'm fifth to to, to start the year. It's not like that bad. Better than a 25th, (laughs) which is what I finished with. So you can't complain. So this is now two years since your world title. Yes. In Nazare, you won that world title, yeah? 2017. 2017. Yes, in Nazare. But where did bodyboarding all start for you, for the people listening? What's your origin story? So. Go to the beginning, the well, very beginning. Very beginning. Um, my parents are German. They came to port. They came to live to Portugal before I was born, so yeah. thir- 31 years ago. Yeah. Before that, um, they settled in a very little, tiny little village in the middle of nowhere and yeah. started to build a house. Okay. Well, and where I come from, there's a whole sa- the, the south of Portugal, the Algarve. Then mm. you have Sagres, which is a little town, and we have incredible waves. Like mm. it's a, a bodyboard heaven. Some loud motorcycles just yeah. passing us by here. And um, all the cool kids in school were bodyboarding. Mm-hmm. It, it's really like a, a, a thing everyone does there. And yeah. I got into it with the friends from school. And I tried it once and I stuck to it ever since. I mean, I was yeah. 13. 13? 13, yeah. Do you remember, like, the, what was it about it when you started that was so attractive? Other than the cool kids doing it. Like, because it must have been... You must have enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it was so much fun. I mm. mean, it wasn't only... Obviously, we'll, everyone likes to go to the beach and have fun on the beach, and mm. it's a healthy thing to do for yeah. any young pe- person. But it was the whole community, like the whole gang. I, ga- I gained like this really, really tight group of friends, and I, I felt like I belonged to these, to this group, yeah. which were the cool kids. And and I got um, my two best friends, my two best girlfriends, were also bodyboarding. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I met them bodyboarding really, and we got super tight doing everything together, getting a little bit competitive in between us, cool. and which is good because it's, I think it's just really healthy to, to have the support of your friends, but also like to push each other. Yeah. So it, it's, it was really good for my progression and for their progression as mm. well. And, and to be in that community, community that was really supportive, uh, like for girls, um, I never had this feeling like we shouldn't, we were not accepted in that group because that, that group has had many different Age, age, like age groups within that bigger group, which is bodyboarding mm. and which We were the youngest, but then you had like uh, the older locals, um, yeah. and even those would always support us and embrace. Like we felt pretty um, safe there. Yeah. So it, it was really healthy for us, and everyone. Uh, it keeps you away from the more unhealthy stuff, probably. No. What's the unhealthy stuff in Sagres? I mean, where you can have it everywhere. Yeah. People partying too much, yeah. smoking behind the school and stuff like that. Um, so that, that wasn't you? No, because it was not cool. Ah. Cool with bodyboard. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hmm. 
There we go. There we go. So with um with your experience in the surf, what what do you remember like ever performing a maneuver where you're like, wow, that was cool. Like your first rollo or your first anything. Was there are there any memories from that time? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I remember trying trying to to do rollers for a long time and yeah. not getting any cool. <laughs> good one. Yeah. And then the first time I really actually did one. I had my friends screaming from the beach. It was great. It was great. Um, That's cool. And I remember my girlfriend, like one of those girls I would surf with, Nilsam Shashu. Okay. She, we are still best friends today. Yeah. And this was 18 years ago. Cool. Um, she would stand on the beach in her home beach. Was my, with, that's al also my favorite beach in the world, which is Savial. Yeah. And it's a right. And she would stand on the rocks and I was in the water. I didn't know what to do. Like She was like, make it close out, make it close out. <laughs> trying to get the line to be inside of the wave yeah and it was yeah we would do stuff like that cool it was super cool yeah that's fun when did the competition come naturally to you like with it with that it seems like it was competitive in a social sense but when it came to actually competing and developing you know i'm talking about the journey from you know competing for the first time and then you know a world title like there's a lot that happens between there. So how did that journey progress? Yeah, it was 15, 15 years. Yeah. Took me to get a world title. Yeah. And I started competing the one year after I started bodyboarding in the okay. juniors. Mainly because all my friends, they were competing as well. Yeah. And we would travel in this van from south to Portugal to the north uh, to, yeah. to attend those events. And it was so much fun. Like mm. it, was, it wasn't a comp, but it was really like a, a trip. Yeah. So I wanted to be part of that as well. And yeah. that's why I started. And then, of course, I mean, you want to do good, so you kind of try harder if you go. And yeah. I think it's the, the natural progression. If you like something, you try to progress, and mm. then you, and then eventually, when I kind of looked at it, I was trying to do everything for bodyboarding. Mm. It was really natural, like with this this journey where you start out as to have fun, and you put more time into it, and then you get better, and then you want to put more time in it, and it's like the natural thing that mm. happens, I think. How did you refine your competition skills though over that period? Like, like were, you, were you a natural competitor or did, is it mm -hmm. something you had to learn? I've never been a natural competitor. Yeah. I've always looked at it like, uh, yeah, a means to an end. And I, I, um, I struggled a lot, really, starting out. Um, mm -hmm. I think the first couple of years, I, w I won a few junior titles, mm -hmm. mainly because I was, um, I had the skills to do it. Not so much because I was a good competitor. L later, when I when I went to the open division and European ones, the first years I I, I, I never really tried to win it. Uh -huh. I think like I was just waiting for it to happen. If the waves would come, yeah, great. But I didn't fight for it, so I lost. A l I I really feel like I've wasted a lot of opportunity there mm. to get more titles. Mm -hmm. The first years, because. And then there was one competition actually in the nationals where I was like, no, I want, I want to win this now mm. because I've got second so many times. So many years I got second in the European tour as well. So I had like a bunch of uh, vice uh, championships, but I never win. And, yeah. I, and there was no reason really for not to win. Yeah. And the reason was me not trying hard enough or not to believe or not to really fight for it, you yeah. know, like to have the attitude. So when I changed that, from that point on, I won seven Portuguese tours and four European tours in a row. Only that? Only that. <laughs> so 
So it was my attitude lacking, you know? And when it clicked, it was like a light bulb going on. Yeah. Wait a minute, you can make this happen, it's your yeah, fault. Right. Then everything changed. Is it something like this kind of competitive drive when the, the light bulb came on, you know, is it something a lot of people have a lot of influences in their development in bodyboarding and I mean, would you, is this something that you figured out all on your own or like, did you have a crew? Like what's no. the situation behind the scenes that maybe people don't see as much? Well, yeah, um, I mean, many people, I don't know, I probably know uh, my long-term boyfriend, Chico. Mm. He, he was actually a person that um, sold me my first bodyboard like Aww. many years ago. And then after that, he became my, my boyfriend a few years later. Cool. Uh, he has always, uh, pushed me to like he's also helping with my training and he really has been um, yeah the team player here mm. so he has been so committed to my progression and my success mm. and I think there was also that time where he said like come on you why don't you take advantage of what you can do mm. and then yeah I mean it was still today we, we still like um, do it in a team in a team kind of way when we are on comps together not mm. here i'm alone here i have to do it by myself yeah but when we when we get to get i mean it is good to have somebody help you and advise you with yeah. everything yeah sure yeah. with the build-up to the world title though like things did change for you quite dramatically from that time and i mean i'm referring you know there was a it was like there was a gq cover of you you know mainstream bodyboard mm you know, success, uh, was it a European national title and then the world title all kind of came together in like a three month period or exactly. something? Exactly, it was yeah. like, yeah, it was a perfect year for me. Yeah. 2017 was like, I couldn't have imagined that to happen that perfectly. And mm. not only because all the separate achievements, but also because of the way they happened in the chronolo chronological order that they happened. Mm. Because GQ was July, um, the world who has was just starting out yeah. because it was I was in Chile actually when the mag would launch so um, that was a, a big deal back then yeah. um, everybody was pretty surprised <laughs> myself well, I well. think I think um, movement put it like yeah I remember movement magazine doing a story about it as well like it was it was a big deal for bodyboarding no for it was sure. great I mean mm. when it came out it was Everybody was super surprised. Yeah, I had yeah, never yeah. done anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Ben Player then later contacted me to publish those images on Movement, yeah. and I kind of got the images from GQ for them yeah. to publish on Movement. But that was the first thing, and it, it kind of opened the door to many um, media. Well, it got me attention. Hmm. And but that alone, I mean, if the if the rest didn't happen after, hmm. I think that would have just died out. Yeah. But it didn't because. One month later, I won the national title, hmm. which was great, which was not a, cool. big, a big news, really. Yeah. So, and then I won the European title, hmm. and then I won the world title in a three-month period. Yeah. And it was like this huge building up of uh, expectation from Portugal. So hmm. it became a news before, before I even got the world title, it was already on news. Yeah. It could happen. So it was really special when it happened, hmm. it just exploded. It was, hmm. I've never seen anything like that in the mainstream what happened the day after the world title yeah and it was not only because of the world title and because it was the first world title for portugal yeah in bodyboarding and surfing exactly. as well in the professional circle mm. but because this whole building up of events happened yeah. so it it was perfect you know it wasn't one thing made it happen no it was the the whole uh, yeah building up of it mm. it was incredible what happened next 
<laughs> yeah, it was a crazy, it has been a crazy ride ever since. And it's hard to explain really, like, uh, because there's so many things that happened and mm. in so many different w ways that sometimes I forget about them. Um, the first week after the world title, I uh, basically I didn't even eat. <laughs> my ear was like sore from being on the phone. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> and um, I had I had the day after the world title, I went to Lisbon. There was a bunch of uh, TV interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. And I thought, okay, maybe one week and it will be over. But mm. I kept going and I kept waiting for it to die out, and it mm. hasn't died out until now. Yeah. Because well, um, has it even died out? No. No. no, no, it's still going. Uh. A different way it evolved, of yeah. course, because it was the, the news of the of the world title and all that. Um, and then I went home because there was also fronton afterwards. So yeah, it was like we had to leave the fronton. Yeah, and they kept they followed me to my home. To the TV crews came oh. to my home, and I had like uh, every day five things scheduled to be filmed. Like it was crazy. I was not prepared for that. Mm. And I I think like in one week I just try to raise to the to the thing because uh, yeah it, w it went pretty good like mm. everything was was nice and good like the outcome I didn't do any stupid uh, thing in the middle of all this craziness yeah yeah so it was good I mean and after that it's it's always this hype of of the achievement after that it happens to be the outcome of it right so mm. the outcome has been now appearing over that like all the the different things I've been involved in, all these things. Well, they what are they? After. What yeah. are those things? You know, because I mean, I think a lot of us who who see you on Instagram and things like that, there there seems to be, you know, uh, still a bit of bodyboarding, but also a bit of educational stuff when it comes to the environment. Uh, you seem to be modelling an awful lot for different brands, and there is also kind of like. Um, you know, presidents like to give you medals. That's <laughs> yeah. like what seems to be happening. So what, what is it like to go from a person just bodyboarding yeah. to then becoming like this kind of mainstream, you know, what would you call it? Ambassador, mainstream? I, I, I don't know what to call it. Mm. I, sometimes it feels like I got like this, a, a roast, uh, something like a public figure for... Yeah something but it's not um, I mean I'm a bodyboarder I'm always everybody talks to me um, as refers to me as the bodyboarder yeah sure but just if you like for me I went to this whole different thing I got out of bodyboarding into all these different things so bodyboarding is only the thing that made me uh, important you know it's not what defines me when I do think things like, yeah um, yeah so the whole president thing, for example, it's I got a medal for for my career in bodyboarding, but why? Why this, the career only doesn't give you a medal, so you need to be. When I got the medal, he said um, they just called me like, "Can you come meet the president?" And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, sure, let's go." And then, and then I realized it was to to, to give me a medal, <laughs> um, but it was for for the whole work with this uh, foundation I'm in involved with it's my sponsor the blue ocean foundation which yeah. is linked to the aquarium of lisbon they are really committed to to uh, to many uh issues for the ocean especially education and also other stuff but my my part in that is ed educational stuff so they had me go to the schools in portugal talk about bodyboarding about my life in bodyboarding but to sneak in like 
the, the, the original message is to spread awareness about ocean problems, pollution, yeah. uh, all these things. And all this um, kind of helped me with the president medal, with the mm. medal, because um, you need to be more than just an athlete. Mm. And I think they saw that. They, they said, like, we award you to, for standing for excellence with our youth. So mm. I don't think only the world title was important yeah, here. Sure. But all these things uh, kind of happened because of body, bodyboarding. Mm. It's the foundation, really. Mm. But I try to be, I mean, there's more to me than bodyboarding. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, that, that's why I've been in so many different ways, you know, because I've been a vegetarian for such a long time. I've always, all my values since I grew up is, has been about nature and about environmental stuff. And mm. I've really, really cared for that. Yeah. So that's also something that helped me out. And many brands I'm, I'm associated with, they have these values as well. Mm. So they choose, they choose me for, for, for being successful in bodyboarding, but also for standing for the, their own values. Yeah. And then I mean, they ask you to model for their stuff. <laughs> you do it. Um, but yeah. how about that on that question, you know, because it comes like not every bodyboarder who do you want to have some coffee, by the way, your, yeah, your coffee's sitting there. I got to drink really mine. Cold. Yeah. So you enjoy a few sips of that. Mm. Um, not every bodyboarder who wins titles in either male or female is suddenly on the cover of magazines all the time. Like, were you doing any modeling before? this I've happened or was this all happened after the world title and you just right. kind of it evolved afterwards i did a few th things before the world yeah. title um mainly no there was like a few brands that asked me but in a very amateur way yeah. probably uh i would always enjoy take pictures with good photographers yeah we, I, I i had i've done that before mm. but nothing like nothing like this <laughs> yeah. nothing like what's happening now <laughs> yeah that's true um it's a strange thing because you want to be the athlete and you want to be um, valid for that. Mm. But why? Why shouldn't you also use like other things of you if you can? You know. So that's that's actually a thing that goes to my mind a lot. Mm. And people ask because people make fun of me now. Like, oh, you're a model now. Yeah. And yeah. that's um, that's true, but not really true because I still bodyboard all the time, or at least I'm still the bodyboard I was mm. before. I just happen to do more than that. Mm. Yeah. Has everyone been happy about it? Have you had criticisms? Like you say, people make yeah. fun of you yeah, about it. Time. But is it <coughs> is it the type of fun that is like ha 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 fun, or is it more like does it actually hurt sometimes to hear this kind of stuff? Uh, or? No, not really. I mean, I'm 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 old enough to know that's not a real criticism. Mm. Um, I've got the two. I've I've got a lot of uh, compliments on it. I've also got a lot of criticism on it. Mm. I think that's always uh, something that happens to you when you put yourself out there. Um, it has been more mainly positive though. Yeah. Like people are happy to see bodyboarding represented that way. Mm. For, for me as a, as, a, as a woman to do that is, I try, I, I don't want to be taken away from the sport part or from the achievement part. I don't want to but I, I've been really, really careful with what I do to kind of maintain my personality because I model or I appear on co covers of magazines or mm. stuff like that, but not to, um, not to take it away from what I've done. It's just mm. if, if the mainstream want, want to do, if you want to be in the mainstream, you have to play their rules. Mm. And that's most, they don't want to publish only a bodybuilding picture. That's how the people want to understand. 
So they want if you if they ask you to be on the, on, the, on the cover of a magazine, you just do it. Like mm. you, you do it on your terms, but you still yeah. um, you, there is no problem with exposing yourself like that. If it's even if it's like the light, the latest magazine that came out like yeah. last week or something. What was that one called again? Uh, Activa. Activa. It's Portuguese biggest women's magazine. Outdoor, uh, outdoor stuff, being active for women. No, it's, it's like a women's magazine with Activa is the, is it's the name. It's not about oh, okay. sports. It's oh, not okay. about sports. It's a general, general women's magazine. Okay. And they, all the people they fit, feature on their covers, are, they don't take their board with them or, you know, I mean, it's different people, different women there on the yeah. covers. They you know they don't bring. I don't have to be on the cover with a bodyboard yeah. to represent bodyboard in that. Mm. I don't think that. I actually think it's better to have the person there and not to make it a cliche, mm. like you know, like the surfer girl with a board in the hand and something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, I mean, I'm 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 related to the ocean. I'm related to summer. I'm related to all that. Yeah. And eventually, they put me in a swimsuit on on the cover of a magazine. It's a bit cliche. It's a bit. I mean, I understand why they do it because that's the link they have. The mainstream does these very basic links yeah. to, to things. So why should I not do it? I mean, I represent a woman in sports and I still can wear a swimsuit, I don't know. Yeah. You know? It's all right, it's depending all right. on the weather, if it's warm, I guess. I know, <laughs> lucky it was warm. Sometimes it's really cold <laughs> and you have to shoot like that. It's really, really tough. Now. So with this work that you've done, you know, you, your career has evolved after this this big moment of the world title but what you're kind of saying is that the success moving forward hasn't been always about bodyboarding but bodyboarding's always been the foundation for it what I mean what kind of advice do you have for aspiring athletes maybe in bodyboarding who want to, to see because a lot of people want this mainstream success yeah. like this is yeah. what everybody talks about on the yeah. tour like hey, we want more money for this, we want more money for that. Like, what's your opinion on that expectation and what, what needs to be done now with your experiences? Yeah. What, what can we do? Well, I mean, it? It, it was, the, the world title was a very, very important thing there. Yeah. Because it opened really all the doors. Mm. I had a lot of titles before, European ones, and none of them really did this mm. happen. Like, did this um, crazy thing, you know? Mm. So. It was, it was really important to have like a good result, mm. a competitive result for mm. it. From, there, from, from that point on, it's all about how you treat it. Um, I've been really, really, like, I have been dedicated to this a lot. Mm. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of you navigating what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, you, you need to kind of hear your, your gut feeling also about things like, do I want to be in that magazine or do I want to do that uh, shoot or do I want to be in partnership with that brand or not? So you have to make smart choices because you want to build your identity mm. in the mainstream. You need, to, you need the mainstream still to, to finance all that and to, you need them. Also, if you, if you partner with a good brand, it will help you out, even, even your image wise, right? Yeah. So you, you want to do that in a smart way. and. I didn't know really how to do it. I was pretty lucky and I kind of, I was smart about it yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Because I always kept my myself in it. Like my yeah. values were always there and all the brands I partnered up with. So it is like this clear voice of what you want to communicate. Yeah. And people start to see you as that. 
So I, I kind of started to build my image as a uh, woman in sports, as cares for the, for the environment and all that. But then, that's all very, very valid. It's very important. But, from, but then, you, the human part of it, you should never forget with, with whoever you work with, work with or with any brand you talk to or, or try to, to get, get something from them or whatever, and anything that happens, it's mm. humans. Mm. So they need to like you. You need to be professional. You need to be available. You need to really bring your best to every shoot, to every interview. It's it's in a commitment, you know, because these people are working, you are working, and this is um, they don't want anyone uh, who's not showing up on time, who doesn't pick up the phone, mm. who doesn't think about the importance of that thing you're doing in that moment. It's really really important. Um, I think my big big part of my <coughs> success comes from that as well. Yeah. Because I, yeah, because I'm. Um, I'm always try to be the best I can in that moment and to respect the work of everyone that's there and to respect um, yeah this whole opportunity you, you, it's, a, it's always an opportunity no, no matter who you work with mm. and I think that kind of the words the word spreads you know that you're uh, nice to work with and you know what you're doing and all that well and that's kind of how it goes and then it Eval it like evolves from that when many things that happened to me started with something really small mm. that I just picked up the phone and said okay let's do that and then two or three months later something big came up because I did this small thing so you don't uh, neglect when people try to help you out or yeah. you know it's I think it's a human interaction always you should not forget it mm. in every behind every every single brand there is a human behind that so mm. You need to connect with those, with everyone I work work, work with, all my sponsors, uh, old and new ones, the ones I had before the world title and mm. the ones came after. I try to have a really positive um, connection with them and almost build a friendship somehow, even if it's a pr professional friendship, but mm. it's people to start to care for you and to care for your results. And when something doesn't go too well, it's not the end of the world, you know? Mm. It's not, I mean, it's very, very important to have good results still for me, even for me. It's important to be uh, in the first spots of the world tour because that's what they expect from me. Yeah. But it's not, you don't have to win all the time to still be valuable mm. because that's what life is. I mean, they embrace that too. Mm. And that's good because it takes a bit of a pressure off you. I was about to say because, you know, like you're, you're not that competitive. You've said this yes. before in other conversations yes. that you're actually not a super competitive person. So getting another world title, is it even a goal of yours? Um, well, I'm not that competitive. I've never been that. No. It's not something that I, I mean, getting a world title was a dream come true. It's a, a very special thing. Mm. It was great for Portugal and for yeah. everybody, really. But it's not my main motivation. I'm, I'm, I'm not competitive, but I'm still, um, yeah, how do you say? I still have goals. And mm. um, so I'm, I'm not done with bodyboarding. I'm not saying that. Mm. But I don't know if I have the focus right now to go for another one. Mm. I, I, I would need to, to switch my... Because I, I never really got the chance to think about another world title because everything that happened with the first one hasn't ended yet. Mm. So to really take full advantage of what happened with the first one, I never really got to think even about the second one because yeah. I'm still dealing with the repercussions of the first one. The repercussions. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a strong word, <laughs> but the yeah. but the con yeah, I guess well, the good, positive good, outcomes. Positive outcomes yeah, yeah, yeah. of it, it's still going. Yeah, so yeah. I haven't really sit and even uh, do goals in in competi competition for the future. Yeah. I still I still have l a lot less now, like a, a so ma so much um, time into other, everything else yeah. that I spend like half of the time in the water that I used to spend, and not, and that obviously takes away from your hmm. progress probably. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I'm I'm not I'm not actually feeling that much of a difference in the water. Like I feel a little bit that I maybe l lost uh, some things, some I wouldn't say skills, but I don't feel as fit or as prepared. Okay, you don't. I feel less prepared because I've, I yeah. mean, I used to suffer a lot. Yeah. And now I suffer a lot less. That makes a difference. But I've never been that person that has to surf uh, a certain amount of hours to yeah. feel like my work is done yeah, you know sure. it's all about how how do you use it the time you have yeah and and I've been now more progress like I can um, use my time more wisely I think mm. when I surf it's to surf not to you know half the time be talking to someone <laughs> in the water <laughs> on the lineup uh, just I mean just make more of my time because I don't have that much yeah so it, it, it's good actually yeah with this time that's been taken away from you for all these things, like not all of it is this modeling, some of it's also this kind of, um, this actual work you've been doing with your environmental interests. So yeah. it would be really cool to talk about that for a while and just maybe just like, what, what is it exactly that you're doing for the, the aquarium? Okay. Well, the aquarium, they approached me after the world title and said, we want to sponsor you. We, we really want to sponsor you as an athlete, but mm. we, you have to do this all uh, like a big list of things for us. Yeah. And one of those things was, um, to go to schools and to present my story in bodyboarding and to kind of try to get into the head of the kids. Um, for me, being an athlete, it's easier for them. They look up to to athletes and they yeah. love the sports and all that. So to get to to give them to kind of give them the message about how why they should care for the ocean, yeah. kind of sparkle a little bit the passion in them or something. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing, but. In the beginning, it was super hard for me. Yeah. I've never been somebody that likes to speak in public. I would run from the microphone. Uh, even when the junior competition, I would run from the microphone. And all of a sudden, giving speeches, mm. um, it was scary, really scary, because my first reaction to it was like, no, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I, but then I kind of felt like I'm giving, a, I need to take this opportunity because it's something that I always wanted to spread mm. that message and now I can do it to the right public, which is the youth. Mm. And somebody's giving me this opportunity, so it's a, it's a huge deal. Mm. And, and I will get paid for it and it will be good. And so I kind of was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn how to do it. Mm. <laughs> and it took me a long time. It took me almost a year to get started. And then if, like this month before the first thing actually was scheduled, I was like, oh shit, how, how will I do it? Because I don't know how to present anything. Mm. I went online, I watched TED Talks, I Googled it, how to do a public speech and all that. And the first one, or the, the first week was really, really hard yeah. because I had to find my rhythm. Sure. And as, once I found that, and I felt like the kids w were actually um, really receptive, receptive to it because mm. I was always the the student in school, I would always be the one that looks at the teacher and sees every little detail of them and really deconstruct yeah. the teacher and all that. So for me, I, w I thought... So wait, you were analyzing the teacher more than the actual content? Uh, yeah, I would always, anal I always analyze people, but oh, okay. 
that thing when you have somebody standing in front of you yeah. and teaching you stuff and then you go and you know you pick up on all, all the little things they do and say and mm. I thought I was going to be that person in front of so many kids yeah, yeah, kids yeah. W w the age is 13 to 18 horrible age. horrible age yeah. um, it made me really really nervous yeah, because sure. it's a very vulnerable situation yeah. in. and then but then the more I did the better they, they went of mm. course I kind of got the rhythm and the really constructed I could then get the feedback of them and see how to what should I say to get the, get the better response and I kind of put my story together yeah and the kids are incredible like they really really uh, engage with you in the positive way and I didn't mm. have one problem with this 5,000 kids I've already done that's crazy and 30 schools and days and days spending in time in the school it was yeah. like I was went back to school yeah I would wake up at 8 or at <laughs> 7 and be in school at 30 so it has been sounds like it was hard to wake up at 8 I <laughs> know. <laughs> well, I wake up 8.30 now. Okay, Normally, right. it's my time, 8.30. World champions and their bad habits. Oh, bad habits? Yeah, you know, like you, like people assume that like people who win big world championships are like up early training before everyone else. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't torture me. <laughs> no, it's it just, um, it felt really good in the end to see hmm. it actually impacts them. Yeah. So that also motivates you. I, w I got really motivated by that, mm. and always trying to find new ways to communicate with them and all that. And it was only the Algarve we did. Yeah, that's right. Year. So these five thousand kids were just in the Algarve region. Just in the Algarve, which is the southwest of, of, of Portugal. Portugal. Yes, and then I mean, one it, it varies from every school you go. Like there was one school that has this huge auditorium with two hundred fifty seats, and we filled it five times in one day. Yeah, right. And there was a huge number in one day, and That's it was crazy. crazy. Yeah. I was, I was standing in the on the bottom of that that thing, looking up. It felt like I was in the theater or something, mm. and I was the stand-up comedy pe person, you know. Yeah. But with my do you tell any jokes? With just to test. I it do. Out. Oh, I cool. do. You have to. You have to do some jokes and everybody. What's your best joke? Is there anyone you can share from your presentation? Uh, no, it's a Portuguese. It wouldn't work right. now. But you know, you kind of break Try. the moment. If you do something stupid, and they, you make fun of yourself, yeah, and yeah, yeah. everybody laughs. It's cool. good. Um, but it also there were also schools where I had only fifty kids looking at me at one mm. time, and it was this different situation. So it took me like a long time to get my five thousand kids in. Yeah, you know, it, and it was, and one day I had like seven talks in a row. I, I, the, the talk is one hour, so I. I spoke for seven hours yeah. and in the end I was uh, speechless I couldn't yeah, even yeah, talk yeah. anymore my head was spinning I had no I wasn't rational anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a crazy experience and I learned so much in this in these four months and mm. I got over my fear of public speaking it was yeah. good I mean I think I grew, I grew up a lot with that yeah sure what's the plan with that like what's the next steps it hasn't ended has it no we, we keep going yeah um, what's the next steps for the blue ocean we will be touring the rest of Portugal yep like going up gradually okay i mean there is a lot of schools yeah. i can't go everywhere but the goal is to keep going and kind of influence the most kids we can mm. and well the next like now i'm off because my my deal with them is when in competi competition seasons i don't have to do it yeah i only do it off season yeah. so i will get back to it in november and from november until the next comps in 2020 so yeah sure Cool, and this is something that you get to do that's really well aligned with who you are as an individual. Yes, yes, mm. it is, it is. I, I mean, I've always been very outspoken for it. I tried mm. my best to live up to my own 
expectations on how we should all live and mm. uh, I'm not perfect nothing like that I mean even modeling or promoting certain brands can get in in the way with it or can like clash with your message yeah. so that's why you need to be very gentle with it there is no black or white I don't think mm. there is I mean everyone does their best and I try to do my best I try to choose the brands that I really think I can stand for mm. and it has been working very well and I felt actually the few times I mis did mistakes in that it came back to me really quickly yeah. like this doesn't feel good I don't like to promote this brand because they it's a message I, I don't like or yeah. and I stay away from it now okay. it's really important for you to be your all committed you know yeah in most deals like everything today every brand ambassadorship every pa partnership it has like this huge um, it's not only uh, putting a sticker on your board or making a shoot it's mm. normally everything like it's a combined thing mm. so you need to you need to really stand for the brand mm. you they want you to post stuff on social media so if it doesn't feel good you post something you doesn't like mm. on your own feet it's really really it's like a contradiction and yeah. it doesn't feel good yeah interesting I want to pick up something before we kind of wrap it up. We're getting to like the sweet spot of the podcast length, which mm. is cool. At the end of last year, the, and this is about the competition and where do you feel it all is going for you is the, is the more specific question. Like when it comes to the world tour and mm. you know, how it's all shaping up. Ayaka won her world title. And then she went on the live stream and said, you know what, I'm probably not going to do this next year unless this gets better for women. Wow. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I did. Now, this isn't a secret that there is a lot of, um, you know, that the women's sport has not developed at the same rate that the men's has or whatever. But where do you see this kind of, um, this question of equality in the sport? Like, how does that look to you as a, as a professional rider and you know, as someone who is now one of the strongest ambassadors for the sport, I would say globally, wow. of all genders. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think you are. Like, I think if you if you did a basic analysis of it, like you're reaching yeah. way more no, this, people it, than everyone else, male and female. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, specifically outside of bodyboarding, I I I, I see bodyboarding in places where I've never been before. Yeah. And I think that is. I mean, what you're saying about equality, yeah. um, it should be there. Yeah. It's very, very important. I think there is no reason for it not to be. Mm. I understand we are in a situation, maybe it's not possible to go like full on equality next year, mm. you know, unless we get something really big happening. Yeah. I understand that. But I feel we need to push it mm. in that direction. Yeah. It's not only for the money or, or for what anyone, uh, all the athletes can gain from it, like financially wise, it's also the motivation. Mm. Because if you feel like your sport is evolving to a place where it feels good and, and you see it's going somewhere, you mm. are motivated to invest in it. Mm. And that's what happening, what's lacking on the world tour for, for the women. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the women. Because right now, what, what I feel is the tour is everyone does a tour to get a world title mm. because that's like a cha life-changing thing yeah you know your career changing sure. thing so the only value right now is to be on tour is to win the world title only one person can win that. yeah yeah yeah. everyone else is struggling to invest in that with that dream 
and the tour should be something that is valuable all, all by doing it. Yeah. You know? Not, I mean, it's valuable in many other ways. People have fun. Everybody loves it. Yeah, it's nice you to catch travel, up with it's, everyone. It's yeah, it's great. But I mean, now for the professional side of it. Yeah. Um, and that's lacking. And we need to make the tour um, interesting for everyone. Everyone should gain something by being on it. Mm. Only by being on it, because it's a huge investment. You mm. probably give up a lot of things you like, or you spend all your money on it yeah. that you earned working. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So that's what what I think we have to do. There, there needs to be more media involved, so everyone gets something for themselves, even mm. if it's good pictures. Yeah. Even if it's good pictures, I see. Um, this contest was actually pretty good. It yet. was pretty good with Pre that. Pretty good. I think. And this wave helps everyone can get a picture. 100%. Right? But when the women are in the water, the photographer can't go for a lunch break. He yeah. needs to stay. You know, it doesn't matter if it's in the morning, in the evening. Sounds what? like you've experienced this. I've seen it many times. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, something that happens regularly. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the media team, oh, they're, they're not here anymore. Okay, shit. Because the, women's, the are women's are on. Like that. Yikes. Um, think like that, you know? Mm. We feel that. Everyone yeah. feels that. And when it happens over and over again, it starts to be this kind of um, thing that we all take for granted, like nobody cares, and then people just lose interest and lose motivation. Yeah. And then you think you can invest your money somewhere else or in a smarter way, mm. but you can get more out of it. Mm. When this could be a perfect opportunity to everyone gain in every way, not like investing and trying to gamble for the world title. Yeah. The top eight is really comp competitive. I've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah. so much. Um, yeah, competition in between the girls. Everyone could win. Yeah, but, no, it's you know, a complete it's, it's open good. field. It's it yeah. good. It's good mm. now. I don't think the the ability is lacking right now. Everything else is lacking, and we shouldn't lose the athletes because mm. it's so important that they stay. If everyone yeah. leaves, then this is no tour, and this n this has no value whatsoever. Mm. So that's I think what has to happen. And so, so what are the golden like to, to really bring it down into like a few key points for what needs to happen for women in professional in the bodyboarding, competitive bodyboarding, I should say, what would be like kind of three things that we you'd need like to, to start see? with set a, uh, a, a, a tour from the beginning, it needs to be organized from the beginning, like fixed dates, beginning of the year. Yes. Yeah, okay. So people can attend even those who not who don't live of bodyboarding and yeah. have to take off from work to come. Yeah. yeah. And that would increase our entry levels uh, by a lot. Yeah. I know there's so many women that would like to, love to come, but they can't because the tour is unstable. They never know if there's going to be four events or five yeah, events, yeah, and yeah. then it doesn't work. Yeah. So that's the big one. The media is very big. If you leave a competition with a bunch of good pictures or a mini clip or whatever yeah, you can yeah. use for yourself, then you already gain something. Yeah. So it's very important that everyone in the end of each day yeah. has a Dropbox that they can tap into and yeah. just have something to post and yeah. to share and sure. to, to show everyone you're there and you're working and yeah. all that. Um, the prize money, it's very important. Mm. Although I don't think, I mean, it is, impo it is important. It is not for me the bigger thing, mm. but that might be just my opinion because I'm okay, you know? Yeah. Maybe for other girls. You get your income from other exactly, places. Exactly, so yeah. I don't rely on, on, the, on that. Yeah. Um, but if it was more even, I think it would just motivate every girl to come and see mm. my, my sport is growing, like I'm, this is something that's good, you know? Yeah. And even help the younger generation to believe in this. Yeah. And, and then the ideal would be not too many events, like three or four events. They should be really good and really yeah. well organized and just that's it. Don't make it like a huge tour where you burn everything, your time, your money, your, your yeah. patience, you know? Mm. So that's mainly what I see. 
it doesn't mean, sound unachievable. It's not. No. It's not. It's like actually not that hard to make. Well, we're pretty close. Like the money here, if I remember correctly, I think first in the women's was like 4,000 yes. US. Yes. And first in the men's was 5,000. You see, it's not it's that. Pretty it's pretty like, close. Like, I mean, I, I yeah. noticed this the other day and I was like, yeah. oh, wow, we could have we could have just found it. Like, we could have just shifted a thousand dollars there. We would have had equal prize money at the top so in number one. It would look so good. You know? It would, yeah, it I would. agree. I mean, the whole world is doing going that direction. Exactly, the whole world, yeah. I mean, the sport. Most world. other sports yeah, are, it, for sure. It's, it is, and it just, um, bodybuilding doesn't want to be always last to wake up to everything. Usually we've been first with a yeah, lot of things. Yeah. So yeah, like it's, I think it's a huge opportunity. Like, and, and, and the way you describe it as someone representative of the women um, and a leader amongst that, yeah. that kind of group, um, it's not a lot that you're asking for. No, and, then, and, mm. and I think it's actually, um, easy to achieve and mm. I think the women that's something the women are, are doing wrong is they need to show the world that they want it mm. uh, in terms of they need to kind of take more lead in it I think I, I think every every girl on tour and every professional pro mm. especially professional ones they kind of need to step it up and I, I feel like they can do more to push to themselves what like what like uh, doing things like creating um, content to, uh -huh. you know, like this. It's, it's, sometimes you have to be proactive. Yeah. And so Isabella is a great example, yes, maybe, of what yes, you're saying. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's happening. Yeah. I, I see I see it kind of started. I feel yeah. like the girls are understanding if they do some, if they put in, they're going to get something back. Yeah. But firstly, you have to invest and put in. Yeah. It takes some time. Yeah. And it ha it's happening. So I think in the next few years, it's going to be a really good place for us. Yeah. So there we go, a bit of a positive ending there to the podcast episode. Joanna Schenker, hopeful for the future, but you know, everybody needs to do more to realize that future. Uh, huge thanks to her for taking the time to sit down. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Feel free to send any comments, DMs, uh, etc., about what was discussed. I'm always looking to do follow up interviews with guests uh, based on your feedback as listeners. So if you do have questions that weren't asked or answered, please feel free to send them through and I will do my best to find these answers for you. Uh, that was a good one. Tune in for more.